It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Gophers lose the 2023 season finale, 28-14 to Wisconsin. I got Ron Johnson with me to help me break it all down. It's coming up next on tonight's Locked On Gophers postcast. You are Locked On Golden Gophers Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening? Back in the lab, back at it, another Golden Gophers Postcast episode right here on the Locked On Sports Minnesota Network. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. Joining me as always, I got Gophers, Hall of Famer, Ron Twinkle Toes Johnson, Host of the Ron Johnson Show each and every week. Follow him on X if you haven't already. It's at 3 Ron Johnson. Ron, so much I want to get into. I want to pick your brain a little bit. Gophers fall to Wisconsin today. Finish the season at 5-7. and seven. Before we jump into it, though, quick reminder, this episode is brought to you by Game Time. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. That's code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time, the best place to buy tickets. All right, man. Let's just jump right into it. Both these teams trying to end their season on a high note. Gophers, of course, trying to get to that six-win mark to get into bowl eligibility. They don't do so. They come up short. They end the 2023 regular season with a 5-7 and seven record. Let's just start with your biggest takeaways. What's the major mm-hmm. headline or two in tomorrow's paper from this one? Uh, just not enough. Um, there wasn't enough. Uh, plays being made to be honest if you look at time of possession it was even if you look at number of plays it was pretty close I think it was 59 to 66 you look at first downs I think it was 19 to 20 so it was pretty close down the stretch now granted uh turnovers I think that was a big part of for the Gophers you had the big turnover by uh Ethan at the end you had the Daniel Jackson fumble um and that's been kind of the story all season you know the Tyler the Sean Tyler fumbles early in the season were the reason for some of the losses and and just the change in play and the way they had to get stuff done um, but yeah, for me, it's just not enough plays were made. Like that's the end of the day. Wisconsin made the plays, and and when it was fourteen to fourteen, right before the big Braylon Allen run, I said the Gophers have to find a way to not let him get going. And then he got going. He got the big run, and then from there, it just felt like Wisconsin had a stranglehold in the rest of the game. The Gophers offensively couldn't get anything done. Uh, but yeah, I'd say not enough plays made. That's it. Period. Got to make the play, and they didn't do it. Yeah, well said there. And you mentioned it. They jumped out to the early lead right away in the first. They go into halftime all tied up at 14. But the longer this one went on, and you touched on it, the more the Badgers got Braylon Allen cooking on the ground. And he's a guy they shut down last year the first time they saw him, just 47 yards. But this team, this this Badger team, they're 17-2, and two, now 18-2, mm-hmm. and two, when the man rushes for over 100 yards. That goes all the way back to his freshman year. And he was well over that early in the second half. Finished the day, two touchdowns, along with 165 yards on 22 carries. That's a potential day two pick. I'm talking round two, round three in this upcoming draft for sure, from what I've seen from him this year, if he can just stay healthy. And then for Gophers fans, Ron, I think win or lose, they wanted to see two guys end on a high note to end this regular season out. That was Ethan Kaligmanis and P.J. Fleck. Yeah, even P.J. Fleck. Both guys have taken a lot of heat, a lot of criticism at times, rightfully so. For Ethan, 
I think it's just been taking that next proverbial leap. And, and for PJ, he's taken a lot of heat for just being too conservative all year, whether it's not being more aggressive on offense or not playing tighter on defense when they built up those big leads late in games throughout this year. I'm going to ask you about both bigger picture here in a minute but just for this game specifically did either one do enough to end this season on a high note when it comes to the things they've been under the microscope for tonight versus Wisconsin what do you think uh well I mean going forward on fourth down I think that's one thing PJ kind of yep. did that, that a lot of people were hoping to see more of um you know even towards the end of fourth and nine uh it's almost like on third and long you want to play for you know to get third you know it's a four down situation uh, so PJ Fleck, I'd say yes in the first half, no in the second mm -hmm. half. I think it's a two-part question. Um, you know, everybody's uh, thoughts are going to be the sum of its parts. But if you take the parts apart and actually really look them, break them down, you know, you got to be honest and say, hey, first half he was in it, like he was right there. Second half, just again, didn't make the plays. When you look at uh, moving forward with Ethan Kalik Manis, no, I didn't. I didn't see enough from him today. Now, like I said, he's a gunslinger. He was he was decisive in that first drive. And that was the last time I saw decisiveness from decisiveness. So he's got to be more decisive. Like he's got to understand the offense a little bit better. Uh, the coach has got to feel like they can just give him the checks when he needs to check out a plays himself. And he doesn't have it right now. Yeah. And let me ask you about, I guess a little bit more about those guys, big picture now, right? When you look back at the entire season now, 2023 campaign, you got PJ seventh year as a Gophers head coach now in the books, and it's been a season of missed opportunities, right? Fans are always going to look back on this season and remember all the games in which they led big late and still came out with the loss. So in your opinion, what's the biggest, I guess I'll say missed opportunity or biggest disappointment when you just think back to this season as a whole and what? I guess that could be one specific game or what have you. Well, what's just the biggest disappointment from this season in your eyes? Just losing to the teams you shouldn't lose to. You look at Northwestern, you look at uh, Purdue, and you look at Illinois. Those three games should have been easy wins, uh, especially Northwestern being up 21 and then still 20 or whatever it was and still losing. Like that to me is the biggest disappointment. Like when you when you look at the, the talent that those teams have compared to the Gophers' talent, they should have lost those games. And I don't know. Again, I don't know if it comes down like we do know there was some youthfulness on the field, like a lot of injuries happen. Uh, you get to a running back and Darius Ty uh, Taylor, who wasn't supposed to play this year because, you know, you assume Sean Tyler's going to be the guy. Uh, a guy like Jordan Newbin probably wasn't going to play as much. And he's now a star. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's a lot of that, too. There was some injury. You know, Maverick Baranowski started off in, in replacement for Cody Lindenberg and then he gets hurt. Uh, then you get Cody Lindenberg back finally, then he goes back out again. You know, so it's it's just one of those things where you have linebackers playing that shouldn't be in the game, and uh, or at least not yet. They shouldn't be in the game. They're young. And uh, they were thrust into a, to a role that, you know, they probably weren't ready for. And so I think that was a little bit of a disappointment. There's just the amount of guys that had to play that just weren't ready. Uh, let's spend two more minutes on that because I think you're right. There's plenty of blame to go around. It wasn't just one thing. I mean, we're all going to point back to, again, things like the Northwestern game and others where we watch wins turned into losses. That's obviously disappointing. But the defense specifically, though, you kind of touched on it. They should take a chunk of the pie here, too, don't you think? Because that was always a phase of the game that's always been their bread and butter since PJ's been here. Really, ever since that Northwestern game, they've been leaky at best outside of the Iowa game. Okay, well, Iowa doesn't have an offense to begin with, but they just never really looked like themselves once you got past those first three, four weeks. So in this pie chart of blame, I guess, how big of a piece are you giving to the defense this year? Uh, a big piece. I mean, I would say... Um... 
it's it's more so of just not being able to close out games. Um, the way PJ put it, you know, guys were jumping into positions, you know, sometimes they're not trusting their teammates, they're not trusting what the coaches, you know, told them to do. Um, so that's a little bit of it too. You know, when you think about the Northwestern game, you know, Tyler Newbin being just a little bit, you know, too greedy, trying to make an interception, going after chasing a, a seam route, and then there's a post seam route behind him. Uh, that's the in-breaking route. Uh, when you think about the Illinois game, you know, same thing. You think about the the big runs that happen. You know, guys not in their lanes. You know, jumping out of lanes. So, I, I think you know you you got to put some blame on defense, but also offense, man. Like you got to do it both ways. Like time of possession was kind of even. And so that means the offense is having just as much time on the field as the defense, and they're not converting third downs. They're not scoring. They're not putting the ball in the end zone. Guys are dropping passes. You know, Ethan Kelly man is putting it on their hands and they're dropping it. So I can't just put it on one. Like it's it, it goes hand in hand, to be honest. And if the offense converts one more third down, if they catch one more pass, who knows what happens. Is there some specific on that side of the ball that you just assumed we'd get more of this year or like the pass rush? Just for example, pass rush. Never feel like that really got going at any point in the season. Felt like kind of a big mystery week to week. You mentioned Cody Lindenberg. He was hurt most of the season. That didn't help. I mean, Tyler Newbin, yes, he was fantastic. He balled out every week, but that just wasn't enough. Was there something missing specifically that you remember back to the preseason? You're like, I, I expect big things from this phase of the defense. Uh, mm. yeah, well, tackling, you know, yeah. and again, Cody Lindenberg yeah. and Maverick Baranowski being out, I think that's part of it. Uh, I even said this to Cody Lindenberg when he was on the PJ Flex show with us, um, that you can tell the difference in him at linebacker and the other guys. Like, he moves at a different speed. He kind of diagnoses plays faster than most do. Um, Jack Henderson, honestly, like, he came mm -hmm. out of nowhere and became a big piece of his defense. Uh, but again, just not always making the play sometimes. And so, that's that's that it is what it is. But, you know, as far as defensively, I thought there would be a little bit more consistency with the tackling. No, that's a really good point, actually. Good observation there. And then what about Ethan? Because he's going to be a hot topic of discussion now all offseason long these next three, four, five months. He was supposed to be the guy to take, you know, the big leap <clears> and lead this team to bigger and better things offensively in his first full season under center. So I guess. I'll ask you for the final time this year because I ask you every week on these postcasts, immediately following all these games, for you personally, Gophers legend, Ron Johnson, did Ethan Kelly McManus show you enough for you to buy in that there's something there you can build off of? Or should this program look elsewhere this offseason and start all over? What's your two cents on that? Well, I always believe no matter the sport, even if it's Kirk Cousins, you always look elsewhere just to you know figure out um, what happens uh, with competition? Because you, you you have to look just to create that competition to make sure that guy's not comfortable. Um, did Ethan show me enough? Yeah. Like if you watch some of the sidearm throws, the the different arm slot throws he made, um, some of the quick trigger throws he made when like there's a guy at his feet and he can't use his feet because he can't step into the throw, so it's literally all upper body and just the mechanics. Yes, uh, the things that Ethan needs to work on is consistency. There's some throws he made that you're like, man, he's great. And then you'll, you'll turn around a couple of plays later and throw the ball in the dirt. And, and he knows it because he wants those throws back. You can tell from his body language, you know, his demeanor. Um, but there's just pieces of the offense that he's going to have to figure out uh, fundamentally as well. Like if he doesn't have a Tanner Morgan grasp with his offense, um, he's going to continue to struggle at times. And I think the more comfortable he gets, because I have to remember, this is his first full year starting. Mm -hmm. The more comfortable he gets within this scheme and this system, the better he'll get. But I think the other question is going to be, is it time to move on to a new coordinator or a new quarterback voice, like a, a QB coach? 
that's not coordinator that can just help out because I know they have Tanner Morgan there, but there's only so much he can do game day. He can't. He's not allowed to talk to players. Um, so just figuring out how to get the best out of Aiden, I think, is going to be the key. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, maybe the solution isn't just jumping straight to getting a new quarterback. Maybe it does have something to do with the coordinators and maybe even the play calling as well. All right, don't go anywhere. I want to ask you more about what this roster might look like next season with the 28 seniors on the roster, the whole transfer portal situation. But first, I got a quick word from our sponsors over at eBay Motors. Guys, our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, and he's doing it all season long. Whether you're looking for help in your best ball league or if you just need help scouting the weekly waiver wire, Vinny and eBay Motors are here to help you find the players that fit your lineup each and every week with eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is here to help you win your fantasy football championship. And eBay Motors knows every championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Well, same goes for your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly and they got everything you need. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Ron, let's look at the rest of the roster moving forward now because currently you got 28 seniors on the roster, 14 of which have eligibility remaining, including you mentioned him, stud linebacker Cody Lindenberg, which would be awfully nice to just see him finish out a season fully healthy before he hangs it up. So 28 seniors, up to half. You could get back with one more to go. And then you got the whole transfer portal situation. That's a huge part of this equation, which PJ's kind of had mixed results with. I mean, he's found guys like, you know, Benjamin St. Juice from Michigan. He's now starting cornerback on the Washington Commanders. Uh, Corey Crooms from Western Michigan. He's this team's clear-cut number two passing weapon. Then he got some misses in there. Maybe Sean Tyler this year. He never really got going like we thought he would. Uh, he's gotten sniped uh, you know, quite a few times as well. Most recently, Trey Potts. He went to Penn State. Even Bucking Irving. Don't forget about him. He's having a fantastic year over with Bo Nix in Oregon right now. They're about to go play for the Pac-12 title next week with a potential berth in the college football playoffs. So what's the first thing you think of when you hear all that? Like, what should PJ's game plan be if you were him? Does it all start with just trying to keep your own guys in-house like the freshman phenom Darius Taylor? What's what's your forecast look like for the Gophers 2024 roster right now? Yeah, you got to lock down home first. So I think that's the key. You got to make sure your guys are happy to be here. You got to make sure you have that conversation because, you know, this week is coming up. They're going to do the whole exit physicals just to get out the season, just to make sure, even though it's not like the NFL where guys do exit physicals and go home. Uh, these guys are just doing exit physicals to see where they're at when the season ends as far as rehab, being around. So you got to lock those guys down first. Um, from there, you also need to evaluate the talent you have. Like each position, each coach is going to have to go through and do some hard um, grading and kind of say like receivers, where are we at? Here's what we have. And what do you think? Do we need to go out and get a guy or can we make it with the guys we have and some of the younger freshmen that are going to get to play? Uh, and then you go by each position, you go running backs, you go, you know, linemen, you go, you know, and so I would say next step. Yeah. Looking at the portal. Cause you're going to like the season ends 
basically this week for most schools that aren't going to a bowl game. So all these schools, the kids aren't going to bowl games, they get to enter the portal. They get to, you know, decide, okay, I'm not happy this year. I wish I had played more. They're from LSU, Texas, wherever, Georgia. Um, they're going to, you know, as the season goes, they're going to all start to decide if they're going to put their name in the portal to, to get out of there. From there, you, you you do a little recruiting and figure it out. You know, some guys will, will say, reach out to me first or let me reach out to you. Um, you probably have some guys like Corey Crooms and those type of guys that are, you know, were smaller schools that maybe had Minnesota on the radar before and didn't really uh, get too much interest or show interest. And now it's like, well, hey, like I got interest in Minnesota. Um, you know, they could be at a bigger school that aren't playing. So, yeah, you definitely – that's the next step is then going there. And then from there, you always got to – you got to build up the stable with high school kids. So – making sure your recruits that you've early committed are going to commit. Um, and then the ones that are going to, or sorry, the ones that early commit are going to sign. And then once it's time to sign them early, get that sign period out the way early so that you're not dealing with it. So yeah, it's kind of a home first, then mm-hmm. maybe look at, then look at the portal and then figure out your recruiting from there. Cause once you figure out what you can get in the portal, like if you can all of a sudden pull two receivers from the portal to, to partner with Daniel Jackson, Corey Grooms, um, then you don't probably need to worry about offering, especially if they're like freshmen or something, uh, offering too many receivers uh, from your recruiting class, uh, unless it's a guy like a Rashad Bateman or you know somebody like that that you're like, oh, we got to make sure we offer this kid and get him in our program because you know he'll start for us day one as a freshman. So, yeah, it's a lot that goes into it, but I think that's the that's where you kind of start. Who's I mean, this team still has plenty of talent to build off of. Who who's some of your top building blocks right now when you think about the 2024 top of your head with that roster? Like who's one or two guys on each side of the ball you think you're gonna be quote unquote cornerstone pieces for the Gophers next season? Yeah, well, I think you know, when you look at Ja Joyner, um, you look at um Maverick Baranowski, and then you look at Darius Green on the defensive side. I think you yeah. start there. Um those are those are really key pieces to that defense. You also have Justin Wiley as well, um, but those are key pieces. And Justin Wiley, he's for sure a key piece. You, you look at those four key pieces to kind of say, well, I got my corner, I got a safety in Darius Green, um, I got an outside linebacker, and I got an inside linebacker. And, and Maverick Barron or um, and Cody Lindenberg is coming back. He said that he said he was going to come back. Um, so it's just about health, like you said, getting healthy in the off season being ready to go day one versus like this year he came into the season unhealthy and so he had to sit out. Um, but you put your pieces there to start, and then from there you build around the guys you know you have. Um, offensively, Daniel Jackson's coming back, you know, and I think that's the big key is Daniel Jackson's coming back, uh, Jordan Newbin's coming back, and then Nathan Kelly Manis. I mean, I hate to say it, like he is the guy going through the offseason, going through spring ball, um, and so you can hang your hat there. And I, I think that's a good starting block of group of guys. Um, from there, it's up to Brian Callahan to figure out this offensive line and, uh, you know, who, what, what, what are they going to look like in 2024? Yeah, well said. That That's plenty to build off of for sure going into next year. A lot of talent. All right, I got two more quickies to close. But before we get to that, I got a quick word from Game Time. Quick reminder, this episode is brought to you by Game Time because you should never have to worry when buying tickets to any big event. That's why Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets to any local event, concerts, comedy shows, sporting events, even Broadway theater, and with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their breast price guaranteed. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. 
personally for me, Ron, I love that view from the seat feature they offer so I can get a real look and accurate visual on where my seats are going to be so I know exactly what to expect before spending all that money. And with their all-in prices, Game Time shows you exactly how much you're spending with no hidden fees. It's time to take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app and see for yourself how easy it is. Just create an account and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Again, just create any new account, redeem your code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Game Time, terms and conditions apply. All right, Ron. 2023 season in the books, man. Just give me 30 seconds on each one of these. I got some superlatives. Just give me the first guy that comes to mind. Team MVP of the 2023 season, Minnesota Golden Gophers. Who's your guy? I don't know if there is one. Um, but if I had to pick one, I would say, hmm. Uh, ooh, that's a tough one. I'd say I, Tyler I guess I'd go with Newbin. I guess yeah, I'd go with Tyler Newbin. Tyler yeah. Newbin. I'd say that one. Yeah, it was senior night. A lot of guys, final game at Huntington Bank Stadium for the final time. Who's the senior you're going to miss the most? Not necessarily the best player, the best talent, but the guy you personally are going to miss watching on Saturdays in a gopher uniform. Yeah, Chris Altman-Bell. And, and the way his season and career kind of ended for me, I, I felt for that too, just coming off injury. Um, you know, wasn't able to be out there the whole year, 100%. So for me, that's tough. But, you know, seven years is a long freaking time to play college football. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to miss seeing him on the field. Yeah, well said. How about the biggest breakout player? I feel like there's two or three of these guys that could potentially win this award. Biggest breakout player for the Gophers? Uh, Jordan Newbin. Like, I think yeah. that's a guy that nobody expected besides me. I mean, if you go back to my tweet uh, and, and my interview with Jordan Newbin this summer. You got uh, the receipts. Tyler, Tyler yep. Newbin and Jordan Newbin. I interviewed Tyler first and I interviewed Jordan later. And uh, I sat down with Jordan Newbin and I told him in the spring he looked extremely explosive. He looked quick. He looked shifty. Um, what we didn't know was that some of these other guys like Darius Taylor was going to get a chance because they had been in, in spring ball just yet. And uh, Jordan Newbin had a better spring, in my opinion, than all of them, even better than Sean Tyler. Um, but PJ went with the guy, Sean Tyler, that he bought in. So he's like, hey, Jordan Newbin, you can wait your turn. And uh, he, he had a breakout year. All right. Uh, you may give the same answer for this one. Most improved on the offensive side of the ball. Is that Newbin as well? Or do you got somebody else you could hand this award to? No, we don't know Newbin, so we can't say he's improved because we never saw him. Um, for, for my improvement guy, I'm going to go with Daniel Jackson because he became a guy. Like, he became a guy this year. Um, so I, I would say him for sure. Uh, he definitely has a room to grow. His ceiling is not even close to being met. Um, but he definitely had a big improvement year, in my opinion. How about defensive side of the ball? Most improved on the defensive side of the ball. Who you got? Ooh, most improved defensively? <sighs> Uh, I'm gonna go with Ja Joyner. I just yep. and I don't know if I don't know if you can call it improved, but more so just got better and got more menacing and got more uh explosive and twitchy. Um so yeah, he he definitely made an impact on the on the defense side of the ball from getting after the quarterback, press QB pressures, and just filling his presence. I think that was the key. Like you felt him out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well said. Player you wanna see more of next year. A guy that, yeah, despite a five and seven record, you're kind of excited for next year. Uh, I mean, we don't know if he's going to be the starter. I'm guessing he will be, but Aiden Calig-Manis. Like, I, yep. I think like there's so much more to do with him when you think about a quarterback that doesn't check out of his own plays yet, that doesn't truly have a full understanding of the offense and scheme and number count and all that. Because being a quarterback, there's a lot. Um, so I'm really excited to see his next steps because you don't 
enter the year. If he enters the year and he's the same person he was last year, this this year, um, he's not going to be the quarterback for long. But I I, I truly believe he's going to get better um, because that's just what you do in college football. And so he had a full year. Now he's going to learn from it and, and go out there next year and have a, a you know way more opportunities. All right, last one. Final grade for P.J. Flack on this 2023 mm-hmm. season. His seventh season, by the way, as Gophers head coach. Yeah, I got to go with like a, a B minus, C plus. Like, uh, but I'm, I'm going to stick with the B minus for the simple fact of um, he was in most of the games other than Ohio State and Michigan. Um, but I'm leaning towards the C plus just because you went five and seven. Like five and seven, not going to a bowl game. I can't give you a B, so I got to go C, C plus. All right, I want to close with this one, then we'll get out of here. I mean, we've seen the schedule next year. You open versus North Carolina for the second year in a row, this time with no Drake May, probably a top three pick. Week four, it's Iowa at home. Very next week, it's back to Ann Arbor for Michigan. Week six, you got USC at home. No Caleb Williams, though. Again, likely number one overall pick. Week seven, it's at UCLA. Nice little stretch after that. Maryland, Illinois, and Rutgers before you finish the year with Penn State at home, then at Wisconsin next year. Um just obviously a lot's going to happen from now till then with this whole offseason, but just your quick preview for the Gophers next year with that 2024 schedule. What's your gut say right now? Oh man, my gut says seven and five. Um, okay. And mm-hmm. that's, that's five tough wins. And then two, like, whoa, I couldn't believe they won those games. Yeah. Um, but honestly, you just, you just don't know. Like you, you really don't know um, because UCLA has a young quarterback in Dante Moore. So our allure of UCLA is the UCLA of old. The new UCLA has a young freshman quarterback this year. Next year, he'll be a sophomore. Uh, he is built like Cam Newton uh, from Detroit, Michigan. So you, he has, he's highly regarded, um, but he definitely struggled this season when you look at the interception to TD ratio. Um, so that can be a win. USC without Caleb Williams. I mean, they're going to go out and get a five-star probably, most likely with Lincoln Riley. He did it at Oklahoma year in and year out. So I'm pretty sure he's either going to get a transfer in that realizes, hey, if I transfer in with this guy, I might be able to win the Heisman or, you know, a recruit that comes in. Um, and then from there, like, yeah, Michigan's probably tough. Penn State's tough. And then the rest of them, like, it's anybody's game. Like you said, North Carolina without Drake May, I don't think they're going to be as good as they were this year for sure. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's just going to be awfully interesting to see that play out. And again, for me, I'm just awfully curious to see what some of those teams, like you mentioned, who are awfully tough right now this season, look like next year without some of those big key quarterbacks, especially. All right, great stuff. As always, Ron, hey, huge shout out to yourself, everyone who joined all season long right here on the Lockdown Gophers postcast. We appreciate you. We're so grateful for all the love all season long. Gophers fall to Wisconsin tonight, 28-14, finish the season 5-7. and seven. Rest assured, we'll be back next season breaking it all down right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota channel so you can like and subscribe. Make sure you stay up to date. You can also go follow Kane Rob over on the Lockdown Gophers podcast every week for all the new updates and news and notes all season long as well. That's Ron Johnson, Gophers legend, Gophers Hall of Famer. Check him out on the Ron Johnson Show each and every week on X at Ron Johnson. Until next time, I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. Signing out. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.